Through the month of September, we have been reading from the book of Philippians in the Bible. We've been reading about a church that lives in a city that is experiencing conflict. The city is diverse economically, ethnically, racially, politically, and they are struggling to live peaceably with one another, and the church, in the middle of it all, is trying to be faithful. Faithful to one another, faithful to their neighbor, faithful to God. The church is seeking peace and love among people who would rather be frustrated. And so Paul is instructing the church that they shine like stars, that when they live out their faith in the manner with which Christ modeled for them, that they in this world, so in need of Christ's light, will shine like stars. And so Paul this morning in Philippians 4 instructs the church in Philippi that joy in the Lord will sustain them as they pursue God's peace. So I will read from Philippians 4. I'm going to start with verse 4. As we hear the scripture, let us have a brief word of prayer. Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes. And strengthen our hearts in your love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action and guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your spirit. Amen. Hear now what Paul says to the church. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me and the peace of God will be with you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, growing up in the church, I remember learning two songs as a childhood that were about joy. They are far from you. You may remember them yourselves. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy. Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart to stay. Stephen sings it better. 
But there was another one too. Another one called for choice. Rejoice in the Lord always again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always again, I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice, again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always again, I say rejoice. Now customarily, when we talk about joy, we juxtapose it with happiness when we're talking about biblical terms. And these simple childhood songs remind us, they give this, us this orientation of where our joy is found, and it is down in our heart, and it is, it is in a place where God has put it, it is in a place where we access through our lives this rejoicing that, it, that God has given us deep within ourselves. But when we come to talk about the Bible, we have this juxtaposition of joy and happiness, and while they are related to one another, we often make the distinction that they are not synonyms. Happiness is this emotion. It is a quality, its quality is subject to life's experiences. We lose our happiness when we face sadness or grief or difficulty, but joy, Joy is described as being something that, that weathers even our most difficult moments. Joy is this way of being, a way of living in the world. And we may face grief and sadness, but even in difficult moments, our joy is preserved. Happiness is this emotion, a feeling, and, but joy is different. It's, it's a state of being. It's a way of experiencing the world. It is a way of approaching the world, a way of facing the world. And while I think this distinction is helpful, I also find it is just a simple starting point. When we talk about happiness, we talk about something that, that replaces other emotions. We trade something negative for happiness. Going the next step in our distinction between joy and happiness means understanding just what these two children's songs offer us. The reminder, the knowledge that joy lives deep within. It is something that is already alive within us. Joy is something that is already contained in our bodies, in our hearts, in our minds. The task of our faith, as Paul would have it, is, is that we unlock a door that allows us to access our experience of joy which God has given us. So when Paul speaks of joy, he, he speaks of joy in the Lord. Joy that is already among us because of God. Happiness does not transform into joy. Joy is not a caterpillar that turns into a butterfly. It's more like a chameleon that interacts with each experience that we live through. It adjusts us to interact with our lives in faithful ways, in ways in which we are attuned to God even when we struggle. 
For a biblical metaphor for joy, we might look to the transfiguration. There is this story in the Gospels that is so mysterious and bizarre where Jesus goes up a mountain with a few disciples and at the very top, Jesus appears to be clothed, dazzling and radiant with white light. And there the disciples see him talking to Moses and Elijah. And in the experience, it is still Jesus. In the witness of this event, Jesus not, does not become anyone other than himself. He, one version of Jesus is not replaced with a new version of Jesus. Rather, in this experience of transfiguration, this mysterious witness to the nature of who Jesus is, that very inner nature is revealed to the disciples. The transfiguration reveals the place where divinity and humanity meet, where heaven and earth intersect in Christ our Lord. The transfiguration shows eternal qualities that are contained within Jesus' human body, joy is found woven into our very lives. And Paul tells the church that when we practice seeking ways of letting joy surface in our lives, we, we need to practice this in all the ways that we, we live. We don't always see the bright light of joy, but we know that it's How do we reach deep and let that surface in the many different places that we need God's joy in our lives? When Paul speaks of joy, he, he speaks of rejoicing in the Lord. This is the origin of, of Paul's joy. The source of his joy is God, it's Christ. And Pope Francis said that the joy of the gospel fills the hearts and lives of all who encounter Jesus. And Paul is a witness to this. The question that Paul is engaging with the church in Philippi is about encountering Christ in ways that, that let that joy surface. Life in Christ is characterized by a joy that is always ours. God has made us for such joy. Now, it does not mean we are bouncy, that we are happy, that we are clapping, that we... But it means that we are sustained by the ways of God throughout all of our human experiences. But where? Where church? Where church in Philippi? Where church in Detroit? Do we experience this encounter with Jesus that fills our hearts and our lives with this joy? Now, one of Paul's instructions to the church is to let our gentleness show. Let our gentleness show in our relationships. If we want to unlock joy in our lives, if we want to let God's joy surface from within us, a place to start is to reveal our gentleness. Now this biblical word for gentleness is used in a lot of different ways. 
word is also used to define and articulate kindness, patience, forbearance. This one word expresses so many different human experiences. So many ways that we interact with others and interact with ourselves can be represented by this one Greek word, gentleness. Now, joy rooted in gentleness in relating means relating to others without harshness. It's, it's rooted in, in a kindness that means we relate to other people with mercy. Joy is seen in this forbearance, this sense of self-control, where, where other people are accepted regardless of our difference, and even in our difference we find value in one another. It comes, joy comes in patience. Time and space are given to others by our own offering, our own willingness to draw near to another, close to one another, instead of creating distance, which might be an ironic word for this time. But when we face our most troubling circumstances, would not gentleness, kindness, Forbearance, self-control, restraint, and patience make us stronger, wiser, healthier as individuals, as a community? I think it would, and Paul certainly teaches that it does. Paul teaches that faithfully living like this in community will bring from our own lives the desires of our hearts, the peace that we seek, these very things that God longs us to live. In a sense, we as a church, we together might help make the world as God made it to be. But this path, as the Philippians know, is not a path without strain, without difficulty, without hardship. The Archbishop Desmond Tutu articulates this side of joy well. Discovering more of joy does not, he says, save us from the inevitability of hardship and heartbreak. In fact, we may cry more easily, but we will laugh more easily too. Perhaps we are just more alive, Tutu says, Yet as we discover more joy, we can face suffering in a way that ennobles rather than embitters. We have hardship. We can face hardship without being hard. We have heartbreak without being broken. I saw this expression, this understanding of joy modeled in Japanese movie a few years ago, a movie called Sweet Bean. It tells of a middle-aged man named Sentaro. He runs a small doriaki shop, which means he makes and sells this traditional pastry that resembles something like two pancakes with, with a sweet bean paste that is in the middle. His business is struggling. 
He is depressed, uninspiring. He is carrying marvelous amounts of debt that is weighing down his life. And his life is certainly not going anywhere he wants it to. Eventually, the movie introduces a woman named Toku, a fragile and elderly woman who applies for a job in Sentaro's shop. But Sentaro will not hire her. So Toku buys one of Sentaro's pastries and smiling, she looks him right in the face and she says, your bean base is awful. It's like adding insult to injury. And the next day, Toku brings a pot of her own bean paste, homemade to Centaro. And on tasting it, he hires her. And hiring her means some things have to be transformed. A new rhythm begins in the shop. Toku teaches Sentaro her process for making bean paste. They have to arrive before dawn and wash and boil these beans with care and compassion. The paste has to be made slowly with love and attention without any shortcuts. It is the hard, traditional way of making the bean paste. But through toku, care and compassion, we see goes beyond the making bean paste and pastries. For a few days, the normal customers come by, but they notice the change. And it does not take long for a window where there was no line for a small line to form, and days later, a line that goes down the road. Sitaro's shop began being successful beyond Sitaro's imagination. Soon, his sense of purpose returns. His enthusiasm for his small shop is kindled once again, and he begins to know his customers, and they begin to know him because a woman shared her deep joy in the unlikely place of a pastry shop. Sentaro, for all of the complications of his life, begins to navigate them with a grace and confidence that he did not have at the beginning of the movie. He begins to find peace with places where he never thought he would find peace. His life, for all appearances, has not really changed, but in another sense, everything has changed. It was not a career as a shop owner that gave him meaning, but it was a joy that was found in the pleasure of making something he loved with a gentle attention that he could share with other people. It was a joy in these people that he loved and that he sought to be with. It was a joy in a pastry shop. It was joy that could be found in a pastry shop the entire time. Sentaro didn't know where it was. 
Toku offered a recipe for Sentaro to experience that joy. Rejoice in the Lord always, Paul says. Paul teaches an anxious, frustrated church, and these Philippians look to the peace they find in Jesus Christ, this peace that surpasses all of their understanding, that keeps their hearts and their minds rooted in a joy that God gives them that they together share with one another, a joy that they together make complete, a joy that sustains them in a very difficult time in their city, that they as a church can bear witness to that city of a love, a peace, a joy that will transfigure everything. such a joy well up in you each day. May such a joy give you a path that you find yourself rooted in God's peace that surpasses all understanding this day and always. Amen. Friends, let's lift our hearts with the gift of music as our quartet this morning leads us into joy in the Lord with that gift of